welcome to this special edition, Google I.O. edition of the Ausdroid podcast. Uh, we're recording live from Sunnyvale in California after the Google I.O. has just wrapped up for the year. Um, it's a three-day event, so we've just finished off the last day. We're hot, we're tired, uh, but we're excited because we've had a lot of stuff announced. Um, I'm your host, Daniel Tyson, and joining me this year at Google I.O. is Scott. I don't like In-N-Out Burger Plowman. How are you, sir? Very good, thanks, Daniel. I must say, it's not that I don't like it, I just don't get what it's all about. It's just a you average can... burger, it's not a grilled, it's not a burger edge, it's not a you know gourmet burger that we get in Australia. If you would like to give feedback to Scott, his Twitter handle is at Montalbert, or you can reach him on Google+. Plus. Uh, so, yeah, so we've basically just come from three days, um, it's your first Google I.O., um, it's my third, so what were your initial thoughts on Google I.O., what do you think? Uh, it's full on. There is a lot on. They pack in so much in only three days, don't they? It's uh, and most of it's on the first two days. Yeah. I mean, we had so many conflicts of things we wanted to see and do and speak to and. Yeah, a lot of the stuff like because uh, we have to go to some of the things like the roundtables and interview Googlers about this stuff they've announced and all sorts of stuff. Um, so we missed out on some of the sessions we wanted to do, but. Yeah, that's what we got the the playback for, so we'll be watching some more stuff, maybe get some stuff offline on the plane to, to watch back, because we've got a 15-hour trip ahead of us tomorrow, and yeah. we'll have a lot to catch up on. I used the Google Wi-Fi to download all the YouTube clips I wanted to watch on the plane. It's <laughs> a good plan. Thank you, Google. <laughs> that's it. Uh, so, basically, let's get into it. Um, big show-stopping feature that was announced was Google Lens. Um, basically, there's three things it's coming to. It's basically coming to Google Assistant, it's coming to Google Photos, and it seems to be sort of coming to the camera. So, like, Bixby has, like, a camera sort of thing where you can sort of point the, the, the camera at it and get it to do sort of things, like um, identify things, find businesses and business information in sort of like an augmented reality thing. But it can also do things like um, recognize a flower or something like that and tell you what type of flower it is. So it's using all the machine learning that Google sort of set up over the last couple of years to, to really put that into it. So what sort of thing did, did you, do you see yourself using that sort of thing? I do see myself using it quite a bit. It's because it's built into a system, it basically takes all of Google's power, all their searching, all their, as you said, their new machine learning. It's it's a lot of power. It's, as I said just before, it's Google Goggles done correctly. I mean, I never really used Google's go- Google Goggles properly. But this, I mean, you know, it's... I don't think anyone actually in, used Google Goggles. Didn't they? Yeah, well, yeah. I might have downloaded it once or twice. Anyway, I mean, we haven't actually used this yet, but they re- were really excited about it when you saw yeah. them speak about it, so... But they showed some really good examples of it. So they, instead of just saying, here it is, like they did with Google Goggles, they actually gave you real-world use cases. Mm. Like, they showed you you could point it at a Wi-Fi, you know, like, a information about a Wi-Fi hotspot and with the password, and it'll automatically connect you to it. Yeah. Like, that's, that's real-world um, stuff. Um, and the other one I liked was uh, they showed the picture of a girl playing baseball behind a chain-link fence, and it, it actually... Yeah, or softball. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm not a sporter, okay. Uh, but yeah, it removed the chain link fence. So so things like that um, was, was kind of cool. And, and that's the sort of thing I really... Isn't Google Photos meant to do that sort of thing? Remember, it sort of is, which is why I was I was a little front. bit confused about that as to whether that was a Google I've never had Photos feeder. I have actually um, one of the it was one of the automations. So you know how you get the automated oh, yeah. Um, yeah. like auto awesomes as they used to be called um, in Google Photos, and yeah, I've had that happen with a couple of things. So. Whether that's a Google Photos feature or a Google Lens, I'm, I'm not too sure. But either way, it looked cool. 
I'm excited about. So that one's coming later this year. Mm. There's no real details. Um, we sort of talked to a few people um, and they didn't really want to be drawn on exactly when. So No, it was all very... Uh... We just hope it's we just hope it's not like the Android Wear two feature, which is only rolled out twelve months later after they announced it. So, yeah. but fingers crossed, we'll get it soon. So, I, I think this is a big push for them. I mean, this was the main thing. This and assistant, hmm. but this built into assistant was well, the I main think, push this year. I think it's more the technology behind it. So it's all the machine learning stuff, like. Last year, they switched from a mobile first to an AI first company. Like, that was a real shift in well, focus. How many times did we hear them say that this year? Exactly. They're, they're first reiterating. AI first world. They reiterated it, and we're seeing Ad that nausea. now with Google Lens. We're seeing it in Google Assistant Translate. and Translate and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. that was the other thing that they sort of got with Google Assistant. Um, there's been some new features added to that. So, we're getting um, into Google Assistant, which. One of the big features is you can now t- type to it instead of just talking to it. Um, I don't know about you, but I hate talking to my phone when I'm with a group of people. So I like the option to actually hit the keyboard. And it started showing up. So if you have Google Assistant on your phone, you can probably actually see a little ca- uh, keyboard uh, icon in the bottom left-hand corner. And you can start typing to Google. Um, so I-, I think that's a really good feature, which I've been waiting well, for. So- um I think Scott's going oh, to No, I won't do it because I'll set off everyone's phone. I was going to say, we're going to get a demo fail no, 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 on no, the no, podcast. No. <laughs> live live demo. All right. Um, Sorry for everyone, but I'll set it off. Okay, Google. And it hasn't even worked. So, oh yeah, there we go. There's the icon. Uh, so yeah, so so I don't have to do anything to set it up. It's obviously just no. A it's literally switch. it's a side switch that's literally rolling out. So that's that's one of the things we sort of wanted to get. The the major one for for iOS users is they can now get Google Assistant on the iPhone. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting how they get that to work. Will it be obviously it won't be voice. It's not going to well. It's not going to be as powerful as, as it will on Android. But yeah, I, I like to see how it integrates compared mm. with Siri because you know it may just be one of those things like it's going to be like a search feature. So you'll have to have search installed as an app, and then you're going to have to activate the app to get it. But they didn't have any details on that. All mm. they did was say it's Said it was going there. to be available on our iPhone. Um, the other thing that Assistant can now help you with is uh, the, the visual translation. So WordLens is now available in Assistant. So if you don't know what WordLens is, it basically lets you point the camera at anything and say if you're going in Japan and you're looking at a Japanese sign, you can point it at it and your phone actually magically displays the words in English. That's right. They showed the Japanese menu, didn't they? Yeah. And that's something that's a real handy feature if you're ever doing any traveling. So I... I had cause to use that a few times. Have you used WordLens at all? No, get out of Australia very often. <laughs> we'll have to get your answers somewhere. Um, the other feature for that is the Google Assistant SDK um, now lets you build Assistant onto all devices. So there's going to be like a Google Assistant built in. There's actually going to be two versions. There's going to be devices with Google Assistant and then there's going to be some with Assistant built in. So the ones with um, Google Assistant built in are actually going to be more a little bit more powerful than the, the other ones because they're basically just um, communicating with Assistant, whereas the ones with it built in are going to have the actual power on board. So they're going to have things like more processing and stuff, which is what they sort of explained. Yeah. I mean, the, did you see how many of the sessions were actually pointed towards using that? 
Google Assistant SDK, they really are pushing it this is, time. If you don't think uh, Assistant is a major thing, you've it's got huge. another thing coming. Well, that's why they're months. saying it's on so many devices. And you saw the pictures. They didn't actually mention them. But I suspect they weren't quite ready. Yeah. But they had pictures of other devices there underneath the Google Assistant. I think there's going to be a lot more coming. Uh, we, we found out uh, just after that GE and LG, LG have announced yeah. their um, appliances are basically going to be compatible with Assistant. We don't know if they've actually got it built in or they just uh, works with Assistant. Yep. Um, so we're, we're going to have to find out a little bit more yep. about that later. And the good thing is the Assistant will basically work effectively the same way across all the devices. Because you know at the moment you've got your Google Home. Exactly right. It doesn't and do some things and the, the one yep. in the car won't do some things. And But now, once you build your app into that Google Assistant SDK, it works across all of them. And I saw that example in the Android Auto. Mm. where they use the Android Auto one, turn off the light or turn on the lights in my living room, bang, the lights are on. Please, did I did I lock my door when I left home? If not, lock it. That's lock right. Lock the door. Which is really good. Like Home automation is a, is a key feature with, with Assistant and Home. They've got over 70 partners with their smart home stuff and that's basically just growing. We've seen that in the last couple of months. If you've been reading the site, you'll occasionally see such and such has been added. There's going to be a lot more. Um, not all of those are available in Australia. Um, that's a bit of a pain point, but hey, we'll, we'll just have to do that. One day. Yeah. So everything is available on phones now. So phones and are getting things like actions on Google Assistant. So that's a big one as well. So that's the sort of integration yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Well, Duncan's already set up all his home automation. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I, so. think, I think he's been quite busy over the last couple of days between writing and actually getting into Google Home and Google Assistant. The other thing that's coming to Google Assistant is the transactions. Um, so that's giving developers the ability to do a complete transaction. And that includes going from the payment, identifying, sending notifications, receipts, and you can even do like a basic account creation. Um, so you can do something like that. They used in the announcement, they used a thing with uh, Panera, um, which is a sort of restaurant here in, in, mm. in the US. So we could use... Uh Domino's. Yeah, use Domino's as an example. You can basically get into Assistant. You can talk to them, say, I'd like a large pizza, meat lovers, pan. Yeah. Oh, now I'm hungry. Uh, and basically, <laughs> it will get, get to the, your existing payments um, that's built into Google Assistant. It doesn't have to do any extra effort to get that. It'll charge that card. You then get a receipt sent to you. You don't have to have an account because all your details and information are in Assistant. So... It's like a really painless process. It'd be interesting to see how businesses interact. Is it only the big, be the big boys like the Dominoes and the Pizza Huts and from the McDonald's? sounds of it, it's going to be people who can initially. I think initially you'll see it's going to be yet yeah, people who are actually going to be partnered with Google to, to sort of need, get it. But will you need a full app each time to do it? So Joe blogs his pizza around the corner. Hmm. Am I going to be able to say? Order I don't think so. a large XYZ pizza. But you were also talking about like Joe Blog's Pizza is now using things like Menulog to to which is also you know, in there. And, yeah. and companies like Menulog will then well, tie yeah. into Google Assistant. So then you'll be able to interact with them through a third yeah. party like Menulog. What would be good is that if they could do it just on you know on their website or something, set it up with that, and that ties into the Google Assistant. Well, that may so go rather than having an app. 
And that ties into the Google Assistant. I think you may find something like that down the track. Um, But initially, you'll probably find bigger companies, and that's where you're going to get things like your menu log are going to come into play to help the little guys get into Google Assistant straight away. I prefer Joe Bloggs over Domino's. I'm more worried that my son can learn, okay, Google, order me a pizza from Domino's. And the next thing I know, Domino's is showing up without me knowing what he's done. Well, we talked about that, didn't we? Yeah. Was so, Adam was... was uh, yeah. So Adam from the, the Australian, yeah, basically, um, he's, he's, he's worried about it and he's rightly so. Because it's something that you can't really get the granular controls. Because at the moment, there's no multi-user support um, for, for things like Google Home. Um and assistant is the same thing. So if he's got access to my phone to, or to talk to assistant or to Google Home, we'll get to that in a minute. He can order a pizza. Yeah, <laughs> that's something that's a little, that Google is worried about. Um, they when we talk to the, the the sort of the lead of assistant, they took that on board. You could see they're sort of thinking about it, but they don't have any answers. They as just such kept reiterating yet. that it's a. What did they say? It's a. It's basically putting it back onto the user to go. It's, a, it's your child. Stop them bloody ordering. Yeah. So, which is is kind of a bit of a cop out. Um, they obviously don't have kids. Well, I think they do, but I think they're they're Actually, more. My kids do it once, and then they would get the exactly. It's, it's going to be a training thing, so the the, the kids are going to find out. But I think it's going to be a training thing that they they're really going to have to train the kids not to to order that. So. Once you, you sort of make sure that they know that they can't, shouldn't be ordering it, it's... But I think Google seems to be looking at it. They need to do something, because there's always someone out there, mm. like when there's someone who buys 945 things worth of unicorn gems for, <laughs> you know... Yeah, the old in-app purchases, yeah. and are we going to see lawsuits down the track? I My son ordered 307 pizzas from Domino's, and... Yeah. I think if they don't do something, it will. There'll have to be some kind of authentication... I think that's going to be solved a lot when they get multi-user support. Once that happens and it recognises my son's voice, if he doesn't have the authorization, that's when you're going to get into yeah. granular controls. But at the moment, I don't think they've got anything at the moment to announce and it's just going to be wait and see. Until then, keep control of your bloody kids. I was wondering, here's a one question. So we've got family accounts, yep. family payments. Yeah. If your kids, if you have multi-user support hmm. and you haven't set up your kids' account on the Google Home, they can't use it. All right, so Freddie can't yep. say, turn on the lights, Google. Well, I think they'll have to limit that. Like, No, so in that case, just say you have to add him because it's multi-user support and it's only going to recognize your voice otherwise. He's already got payments on his account through your family account most likely. Does that mean he's going to be able to order it? Yes. And get authorised? Yes, absolutely. Because it, that's, so that, that's the worry. Save it. Well, no, it, it will because if... Um, well, it's well, not. If you're linked by a family payment, yeah. how does that solve it? But don't you need authorization on some things? You can you can do a bit of granular controls on, oh, on the, the family, family payment. payments thing. So I don't know. I don't let my kids... I haven't me. actually <laughs> set that up because <laughs> Freddie's not really old enough to get it, so... Yeah, mm. but moving you're on. Right. You probably do. Anyway, it's too late. The big that. news is Google Home is launching this summer in Canada, Australia, France, Germany, and Japan. That's right. We're finally getting our hands on the Google Assistant uh, physical body in Australia officially. So, some of us have already ordered in a Google Home. Some of us have ordered several. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but 
it's coming. So we haven't got any details on the when or how much or anything like that, but all we know is, is that it's coming. Um, it's also coming with a whole heap of new features, uh, which seem pretty cool. We're getting proactive assistance, which is like um, if Google Assistant is, notices that you've got a meeting coming up and suddenly there's a massive train wreck uh, that stopped um, traffic on the, the freeway on the way to that calendar, it'll sort of light up Google Home with the, the LEDs and you can, can tap you on it. Can you see your LEDs on yours at home? I can't yeah. see mine because they're sitting on a high breakfast bar. No, because mine's out in the open. Like Mine's right next to the TV. So... I'd like it to at least beep or, you know. Well, no, what, they, answer, well, well, what they said was it's then going to go to your phone and right. it will then buzz. So you're going, and of course, you've got I thought they said that they hadn't quite finalised how no, it was going to That's what it. they said. Mm. No, they said it's going to go to another device. So yeah. um, you've got it on your wrist with Android Wear, you'll have it in your car. You're probably not in the car if you're, if you're still at home trying to go to a, a meeting. But it's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, the other place it could go is your TV because it's actually um, giving you visual responses, um, which is another new feature they've announced. So if you are, say, looking at your TV on Chromecast, you can then say, okay, Google, show me directions, and it'll pop up on your TV. Um, and that's like pretty cool. That, that, was that, cool. Was, that was a cool sort of feature. Well, you um, yeah, you can just say, you can be watching TV in the morning. Okay, Google, how long will it take me to get to work? Yeah, so you can get all that. You can look at your calendar and all sorts of stuff. No, I don't want to know there. how long to get to work. Sorry, bro, for <laughs> triggering okay, Google again. I think everyone's uh, getting their phone going off at the moment. So, And, and of course, all the, the developer actions are, are coming to the TV screen. So if you're a, good, a developer and you've got a Google Assistant action, you can basically do all that sort of stuff there. So... That's freaking awesome. One SDK to rule them all. Yeah. Unfortunately, the bad news is, yeah, multi-user support isn't coming, so we're, we're Well, they worried. said they'll be trying like hell to get it ready for us. But uh, I think we've I all experienced the, uh, the old, uh, <laughs> well, yes, we're trying to get it launched. And they is, did... What they... would stop them launching it in Australia if it's ready in, in the US? Well, what stopped them launching it in the UK, where Google Home's been available for now for a month? Mm. So maybe the US are the test test market. If it we all, right. we 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 know this is the case. I mean, mm. Google gets features. That's why out I think it might be ready time. close. I don't think it'll be long after. I don't think it will, but it's one of those things. Just don't hold your breath. The one I really want though is the hands-free calling. Yeah, which we're not getting. <laughs> well, they didn't rule it out. They said they're working on it and they're in discussions and blah, blah, blah. They haven't but given you, up on it. But you did hear how they're actually working it. It's using Google Voice technology, which is only available in the US. So they're also using a bit of Google Hangouts. Um, yeah. But we currently pay for calls in Google Hangouts. So I, I think... I don't know how they're going to th- swing that. Yeah, they haven't given up on it, though. They are working on it, though, they said. Because yeah. it's not just Australia. They said they're working on it all over. Yeah, and they've also they said it was going to be available in Canada, which, as far as I know, Google Voice isn't available in Canada. So mm. that's something we'll have to see. Um, we did learn that they're they're not going to be doing um, Google Home to Google Home Talk. Um, it's only yeah. going to be from Google Home to a landline or a mobile number. That'd be cool. You'd like intercoms in the house. It would. <laughs> I would actually like that. Um, I I would like to see. I wouldn't mind seeing a local version. So yeah, if you have it set up on your network, you can talk between Google mm. Homes. So I'm not yelling from upstairs to my son to get ready for school or something like that. But I don't really want to have people with a Google Home contacting me on my Google Home just randomly. Well, the, the whole thing was the privacy issue because it, yeah. it's a device in the home, a shared device in the home, they yeah. kept saying to me. Yeah. How many times did they say that? It's a shared device in yeah. the home. And a phone call is not a shared thing normally. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a really personal thing and that's what they've, they've sort of 
really cottoned onto. So we don't really want that to, to do it. Um, Within the same network, that is a good idea. Yeah, I, I sort of like the I like that idea. Yeah, but I don't really want to have it. Like I wouldn't mind seeing it on assistant to assistant. So if it can target mm. your the assistant on your phone or well, your car or your car. <laughs> That would be pretty cool. Um, and obviously, Google the Assistant is going to know you're in your car because you're connected to it through Bluetooth and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. But speaking of Bluetooth, there's actually some more stuff with entertainment stuff. And as of now, uh, Google Home is actually a Bluetooth speaker. So if you want to connect to Google Home as a Bluetooth speaker instead of a Google Cast device, you can do so. Um, that's pretty decent. I, I, I like this. Uh, the other thing they announced was that Spotify is bringing their free service to Google Home. So if you don't want to pay for Spotify, you can actually access that with the it's ad five bucks a month. I pay for it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I barely listen to music. I've invested uh, in Google Music. And, I, I bought it because I didn't want the kids. They kept asking for music in the car. And I don't want them poisoning my uh, Google Play feed with their crap. So you don't want any uh, Disney songs in your in your heavy metal. They're not feed. Disney. It's all the it's all the modern crap now. You don't top want 40. some Harry Styles. I don't want Top there. Forty. I don't. I don't want Adele singing. What's that song? Set fire to the rain. That's it. All right. But the one thing I really liked uh, was that there is more video entertainment support. Um, sorry, pr- before we get there, one thing. They're also introducing Deezer and SoundCloud to Google Home. I don't care. I've does Actually, anyone? I've, I've tested them. I think doesn't um, Chris use SoundCloud? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't point. know anyone who really gets into it seriously. But anyway, back to video. Google Play Movies. Finally, I can now tell Google Home to go and say, "Okay, Google Play James Bond Skyfall from Google Play Movies on Chromecast Ultra or something like that, and mm. it will play it." So everyone's now got their James Bond movie playing because I've done the <laughs> command. But yeah, they're also bringing things like HBO Now, Hulu, Crackle, Red Bull TV, um, who incidentally won the Google Play Best TV Experience at the Google Play Awards last night. Yes. Um, but yeah, so there's a whole heap more. There's, they're mainly US-centric, I noticed. Um, but surprise you? I, I, well, never surprised me with Google. Um, but the main one was the Google Play movies, because for, so, for some good. reason, they launched with only Netflix support. They didn't support their own service, which has just been weird. And Netflix works well, too. Love Netflix support on Google Home. Uh, mm. As I said the other day, my son woke me up, and all I could hear from downstairs was, OK, Google, play Johnny Test from Netflix on Google on Chromecast. I love Johnny Test. <laughs> I think we all love Johnny <laughs> Test. <laughs> Susan Test. Oh, yes. Um, so yeah, so there's a whole heap of new features. Um, but the one thing I like at the moment with Google Home is you can now set calendar entries and reminders. Finally. That's one of the, that's sort of part of the features of having a system. I'm sorry, I don't know how to do that yet. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm sick of hearing that and thankfully we won't be hearing it. So there's a lot of stuff coming, um, with Google Home, Google Assistant's growing, like, it's just going to get better. So the next thing we need to know is uh, if you're in retail and you happen to check your inventory and see Google Home in there, send us an email, daniel at ozdroid or scott at ozdroid.net. Or tweet us, yeah, you know, but if we'd like to keep you yeah. anonymous if you'd like. Uh, we'd like everyone to keep their jobs. Screenshots are worth bonus points too. Exactly. Now, uh, we sort of heard a little bit about Google Photos with Google Lens coming to um, Google Photos later this year when it launches. 
The other thing we're getting is a few things in Google Photos, uh, mainly around sharing. Um, so we're getting suggested sharing, um, shared libraries, and the people in the US are getting photo books. So <laughs> I'm just going to get through photo books straight away. I don't see the point. I like the photo book idea. But do you use them? Like, do you print out photos I do calendars or... each year. Yeah, but that's once a year. Are you yeah. talking, like... Photo books? Look, uh, I think it's a good idea. How often do you look at your photos in there? All the time. Like, I, I throw... Uh-huh. Like, I, I get on our Chromecast. Like, I usually just have the TV on with the Chromecast um, feature coming through. Like, yeah. I, I love... Because I put, like, our US trip last year. I've got all the photos from that cycling through. And once I get sick of that, I'll, I'll put it some other album or something like that. It's easy to do. It's quick. You can just do it in a couple of taps. So I, I look at our photos like that and, mm. and constantly change it. So I just don't see the point. Occasionally printing out a photo to maybe hang it on the wall. It is a strange one because there is so many companies that do this sort of thing now. Yeah, I just... You yeah. get a big W and they'll do it. Exactly. And I just don't see it becoming a major thing. I think it's going to be one of those projects that sort of dies quietly without ever really launching. But... Hey, they weren't that impressive, the books. Did you see the examples? And yeah, the I, I sort of had a look and just oh, went, yeah. Natural. I don't think you're going to get your 991 pages on your, your book. <laughs> yeah, I do have 900-odd photos from my US trip that I was going to try and put into one of the books, but I don't think that's going to happen. So, um, yeah, suggested, suggested sharing. sharing. I like that. Mm. Uh, basically what it is, is when you are, say, taking photos, maybe you're out at a party or something like that, Google Assistant and Google Photos is now going to recognize, uh, I say Google Assistant, but I think it's just the machine learning behind uh, Google Photos, is going to recognize the person in that photo. They're then going to group a whole heap of those pictures with that person. Maybe if you've got, say, five people, we'll make, say, five separate groups of photos and suggest you share it with that person. Which didn't is pretty example, cool. Didn't the example have it all sending more to the... Like, there was one group, so it was like an email list... And it had them all five, so rather yeah, than five groups. But then it also send it to the one person as well. So here's yeah. the photos with just you in it. Yeah. Which was so, pretty cool. Yeah. And then those people can look at those photos and say, oh, I've got a few from that. Yeah, night, so and that's when, you get, that's when you get the more shared albums. So, a shared library. Yeah, so that's when you get into the shared libraries. But the shared libraries are slightly different. The shared libraries are actually what you can share with one person. So you can decide to share photos from, say, this date onwards. Anything, <laughs> any photo you take will be shared with another person. So if I want to, say, share all my photos with my wife, I can she can see them all. But you can also say, I only want to share photos of Freddie That's exactly right, which is a lot better. Because um, I don't think she wants to see all the screenshots that I take being shared into <laughs> yeah. her Google Photos stream because that would just be annoying. I mean, it's annoying enough for me to see them when I scroll back. I don't put um, my screenshots in Google Photos for that reason. I do because I like to sync them. <laughs> it makes it easy to get them off. But we have talked to Anil, um, the product manager of Google Photos previously, and he's definitely aware that a lot of people actually do screenshots stuff and they don't want that in there and Google is looking at getting those automatically excluded from your I'm photos I'm sure that would be pretty easy for the machine learning if they can pick out someone's exactly. face they can easily find a screenshot yeah so that's shared libraries so I like suggested sharing because it, it, it lets you do easily like especially within things like when we as I said when we went on our US mm. trip last year going back to that example I set up a shared folder with my wife and we sort of then manually chose to, to set um, photos in there 
It'd be interesting to see the like the suggested sharing to see it automatically do that. That's a good idea because I mean, how often are you out and or if you go to a barbecue or whatever and you hmm. with friends? How often you, and everyone's taking photos? How often do you see everyone else's photos? But it's also good um, to introduce. Um, Google Photos to people who haven't been familiar with it because if it sends it to someone because you can send it through an SMS or an email it just sends them a link to Google Photos which they can view on the web mobile web they don't have to have the Google Photos app but if they want to they can actually download the Google Photos so it's going to sort of draw in new users if they're not a user of Google Photos so it's sort of smart in that respect Mm. but it's also going to give people uh, an option if they are a Google Photos user to set up that shared album. Um, so if I go to, say, a, a family reunion with, with, say, 40 people who are related to me, I, I wouldn't mind seeing more photos. It's going to automatically set that up. If I find out that, say, great-aunt Grace is, 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 is actually a Google Photos user, then she can start <laughs> adding it in, and then maybe her friend who was also there or her sister who was there is also a Google Photos user. And it sort of cascades like that. And that's how you get a really good sort of shared album. And you get some good pics from the night. The shared libraries could be dangerous. <laughs> it could be. You would be careful what you shared. Just yeah. Just keep it um, in that granular control. I mean, Google's actually been pretty good. I mean, when I've done um, the face recognition, it's been pretty darn good about actually picking up all the photos. Of it. I mean, it's picked up photos of Freddie from when he was a newborn all the way through to where he is now. So... I'm pretty impressed with that. I don't think mine worked that well with Georgia mm. or Adam. They're my kids. Well, I think I've only tested one with Georgia. Sorry, Adam. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I sort of find it pretty good, actually. And, and I reckon that, that from my perspective or my experience with Google Photos, I reckon it's good enough to actually do that. So I'm actually pretty excited about it. So, yeah. But anyway... That's so uh, madly testing to see how far it does go back and. But that's Google it. Photos. Uh, I think we can move on. That's basically coming <laughs> later this year. Um, they again won't be nailed down on exactly when. We just hope it will actually launch. I actually quite liked. It. I think they've done a good job. Hmm. They've really put a lot of work into their machine learning and everything this year, and hmm. I, th- I think it's come on in leaps and bounds. We were had a um, specific machine learning day the day before that. Dan missed out on because his flight was cancelled. Yeah, thanks Virgin Australia for nothing. Um, but moving on. Uh, we got a f- bit of a look at uh, what YouTube is doing um, in the, the living room. They're, they're sort of seeing a lot more interaction with people watching um, videos on the largest screen in your house, which is your TV, obviously. Um, so basically, they're doing a little bit more for it. And part of that is actually 360 degree stuff. So... Your YouTube app on the TV is now actually going to let you view 360-degree videos. You can use the arrows on your TV remote to then scroll around and pan and look around. So that's a really cool idea. Um, so I haven't used enough 3D stuff to really understand how it's going to work. Well, the 360-degree goggles to be able no, to see no, it. no, no, no. It's basically just um, the 360-degree videos that you see on your Blue desktop. Red no glasses. <laughs> You are way too old, sir. <laughs> so that's 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 something that's really cool. But they're also extending that to any live uh, anyone who wants to do live three sixty streaming, which is becoming a thing um, on YouTube. So if you want to join into a live three sixty stream, you can also do that on your your YouTube app. You could have done that today when you did the periscope of the 
Android I could have, but I didn't. Um, if you're interested in looking at the Android statues, you can actually go onto the Osdroid Twitter account, and you can also see the inside of the Google retail store, um, which Where is where we saw. spent a fair chunk of our change. I didn't spend as much as I did last year, but I did still spend a fair. You got the world's biggest thing in there, though. You got the beanbag. <laughs> I do have a, a very large chrome beanbag, which uh, we then had to empty out all the balls so I can actually get it home. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, there is something sort of tied into the YouTube VR stuff. Um, YouTube VR is actually launching us something really cool later this year, uh, which is shared spaces uh, for co-watching. So if you want to go into a 360 event and co-watch it with someone, they've had a lot of success with co-watching just like YouTube videos. So if you can tell your friend that you're going to watch this video, you can watch it together, have your reactions together, chat and all that sort of stuff. So do you have to know the person? Yes. Because she talked about walking around at concerts and... Well, it's not, it's not walking around. Not You're walking, actually, but, you yeah, know, but enjoying the... Remember they had the gorillas? Was that the gorillas yeah, one? Yeah, that's, that's the gorillas one. Um, yeah. So, but, but that was you are invited by someone to join them in a space. Okay, so, so you yes, basically you have, have to know, know someone. Them. Yeah, so, but that's you what you want. you can only see the people you know. Yeah, so, but that's what you want. You, yeah. you say a group of friends. No, I'm just, just double-checking that it's, yeah. you know... I mean, all legit. You don't really want randos sort of inviting you into things, but you, no, you probably could. No. Um, but yeah, that's that's coming later this year. It's it looks pretty cool. Um, I don't really watch concerts, but I'm sure a lot of people out there will sort of be interested into it. Um, but we might stick on the the, the sort of VR stuff um, because Clay Bavor came out and gave us a whole heap of new stuff on Daydream, which is coming um, along pretty nicely. Um, it got announced six months ago. Um, it was a big daydream stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, what well, it got released six months ago. Um, we sort of saw a bit more about it last year, but it's finally now come out. Um, so the big one is that Daydream 2.0 is coming. Um, it's called Euphrates after the river, I think it's in Asia. Um, beyond that, where... Sounds like Greece. Yeah. It's like a Greek god or something. Yeah, I really don't know what it's actually going here with the, the thing. So. If only we had a search engine that we could look up to find oh, out where it is. Um, West Asia. Western Asia, there you go. Yeah, so the big news from Daydream Euphrates is that uh, we're getting Chromecast support. So you'll be actually be able to Chromecast what you're seeing on your Daydream View headset to a TV. So anyone watching... That looked watching really doing, good, that demonstration, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's funny to watch someone in, who's having a VR mm. experience. Do but you remember when Freddie first did it? Does it is yeah. He it? And you go, like I remember when Adam first did it, and you go, oh, wow, he's turning around. Oh! <gasps> You know, it's so, so really actually, nice. I wish I could yeah. have seen what he was seeing. Yeah, so so that's that's something that you, it's more about sharing the experience and, and yeah, like that sort of thing. When you see someone in VR for the first time, like you get Great Aunt Mabel or something like that. Yeah, put her on a roller coaster and she falls off the chair. You're now Great you Aunt Mabel why. is really with it, isn't she? I uh, think she's, she's not really with she's it. She's all over the Kotlin, keep... isn't she? <laughs> that's why I can keep putting her in these experiences. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that's that's one of the cool things that's coming there. Um, you can also do something else, which has been a big request. Um, a lot of these have been people actually asking Google for it, and they're delivering. Um, and that's sharing small videos. So if you want to share a video of what you're seeing in Daydream, you can actually export a small video and then share it to your friends on on Twitter or Facebook or what's that other 
social network, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, Apparently, yeah, they, yeah. they used it at some stage in the some search giant yes. may have made it and, and released it, but yeah. So apparently, apparently, it's just going to like make a link to it, and you can sort of upload the video to that. So probably on YouTube, just share a link to that. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty cool. I, I, I like that. And yeah, the other <clears throat> the other one that they're going to do is uh, there's a new dashboard um, for Daydream, which lets you sort of access your messages without leaving the VR experience. That was really good, wasn't it? Yeah, like that's been a bit of an interruption. It pauses the VR experience. Yeah, but it's not going to drag you out of it, so you can. And add- the dashboard looks the same as your phone. Yeah, so you're used to it. You know what it looks like. There's that whole common thread. Like yep. it's, it's 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 familiar to you. You don't have to worry anything about it. Um, so yeah, that, that's sort of the, the big things in Daydream itself. But they, they are doing a little bit more with um, content discovery. They're going to be more continuously updating the feed. And that's getting easier for them to do as there's more content appearing. I think they said there's something like over 150 um, Daydream apps or something like that. Which is getting to the point where it's a little bit exciting. I mean, we, we I tried out um, virtual virtual reality at the, the sandbox today or yesterday. And it was phenomenal. It's, it's a lot of fun. I've, I've purchased it. It's actually on sale at the moment for five ninety nine. <laughs> I loved it that much. Um, I, I can't wait to get home and, and get my son into the VR so, to try it out. Um, but the other one um, Duncan actually mentioned was uh, the Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Uh, we don't want to see that one actually being Chromecast compatible. Because <laughs> that sort of relies on people. Yeah. Actually what was that what app called? You just Virtual Virtual Reality. Um, you actually put on virtual goggles in the virtual reality game. That's it's, freaky. Yeah, it's it sort of takes you sort of inception oh. layers of, of, well, that's of hard virtual to reality. Too. Um, but yeah, that that was quite cool. Um, other stuff we're getting, we're getting standalone headsets. So no phone, no cables, no wires. It looks good, doesn't it? It does. But it also means you don't, you're not set to buying a certain manufacturer phone that has a certain yeah. specification. I mean, Daydream sort of stalled for a while. They've picked up a little bit of speed with the announcement that the Galaxy S8 and S8 oh, Plus are going to be a supporting bit of speed. it. Bloody um, hell. We're also going to be getting new Daydream compatible phones from Motorola or ASUS later in the year. And we're also going to see LG's next flagship, so I'd say uh, <coughs> the V30. Um, yeah, but it's LG's next flagship. Um, so, why would Samsung support Daydream? They basically look at um, things like this as supporting everything. Um, it gives them the ability to have people buy their phone. I mean, that's the major cost for them. They're yeah. making a lot of money out of people buying a premium device. Their Gear VR. Who's going to buy a Gear VR now? Well, who's buying a Gear VR now? Mm, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, the Gear VR has, is, is successful, but mainly because Samsung keeps giving a buttload of them away. But if you ever go onto Gumtree or eBay and look at it, how many people are selling a Gear VR, brand new inbox, never opened, it's a lot. So I think they're just hedging their bets. But the standalone headsets, we're going to get one from HTC, who make the obviously the Vive, and we're also going to get one from Lenovo, who've actually done... They did a sort of a, an augmented reality headset at uh, Lenovo Tech World last year. So they've got a bit of experience in this game. They've also got a, a bit of experience with, with, with high-volume um, 
obviously tech um, manufacturing, so they'll be able to move these. There are a fair few uh, Gear VR things on eBay. They certainly are. <laughs> um, but the, Google's created a, a reference design. Um, they've partnered with Qualcomm. It's using a Snapdragon 835 um, system on chips, which mm-hmm. is obviously wowing everyone at the moment with the new phones that's all coming in. So we're going to see that yeah, down the track. That's about as, as sort of solid as Google want to sort of get to with that one. Uh, other VR stuff, we sort of got more in the line with Tango. So Tango is basically Google's project which lets you, a phone know where it is in the world. So it's aware of what's happening and where it is. And, and, and it can they sort of showed some really good examples of that, though. Well, they did. Um, but the big thing is Expeditions AR. So we've had Expeditions VR, which has been like a, based on Google Cardboard in classrooms for kids so they can go and visit the Great Wall of China just using cardboard and, and teachers can have that but now they're bringing an augmented reality into it. It's using Tango phones, which is going to be a little bit of a barrier to entry for me um, because we're talking about going from using a card, $15 cardboard yeah. headset with, a say, a cheap iPod or something like that and powering the, the visual to a full-on VR, AR-ready Tango phone, which you're talking 500 bucks for a US for a Fab 2 Pro probably around about the same thing when the Zenfone AR launches, which is the second Tango phone, and that's launching later this summer yeah. in the US, or winter out on. Um, still haven't announced when it's coming to Australia. Probably won't. I love the idea, but... Oh, who's going to have one of those phones? Exactly. Unless... Look, I think they're thinking long-term. Long-term, I think... Exactly. Every phone will have it. Yeah. Um, I love the example of the furniture. Mm-hmm. They had the website. Can't even remember the name of the Lowe's. Now that was the clothing. No, that's the Gap. No, that was no. It wasn't. Oh no, it wasn't. Anyway, no, it you, wasn't Lowe's furniture. You probably think about WebVR using Wayfair. Yes. which is a different thing. Is it? Oh. Uh, Lowe's actually does a Tango app which lets you put uh, furniture in your house. You can then see it in using Tango as how it looks in your house. Uh, what did they show you? How is that different to the we'll Wayfair? Get, we'll, yeah. we'll get to Wayfair uh, a little bit. In a little bit, uh, we'll touch on that. Um, but but yeah, back I'm... to Expeditions AR, it basically allows them to put things. Uh, they actually partner with NASA to create an experience for the classroom, which allows them to look at the spacesuits. So once kids actually load it up, um, they can actually wander around, move the phone around, and see all around the space the spacesuit. They can look inside it and all sorts of stuff. So Expeditions AR sounds great. But I think it's going to cost a little bit too You're much. going to need to go to a lot of Optus stores and get a lot of free AR things <laughs> like you did those uh, Well, that's cardboard. cardboard I don't think they're going to be giving away any AR handsets, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but the, they are, Google did say they're going to pilot a, a project, so maybe we'll see Google Australia doing some with some schools around Australia just to introduce it. Um, and Last year, the, the, the Tango team did say that they expect this to come to more phones within the next, say, three to five years. It's sort of like, what's a flagship feature this year? Is a mid-range feature next year? Is yep. a low-end feature in the next year? So that sort of thing, I think it'll get down there. Tango obviously knows where it is in the world, and we got the VPS, which is Visual Positioning Service. Um, Google says that GPS will get you from your house to the front door of a store. VPS will then get you to the item in the store. So essentially it creates a 3D map of the store. 
uh, a company can then overlay a planogram, which is basically a, a location of everything in the store over that 3D map. And you can get directions to say, where is that screwdriver? Where is the two liters of milk? And the, the phone will actually take you straight there. It's good in theory, it's not gonna happen. Well, we'll, we'll see. They're, they've rolled it out to Lowe's. You remember that stores get paid for where they position certain products. Well, as in Nestle might say, I really want those Kit Kats front and center. So they're going to pay a bit more to the store to put them there, give them a better deal. And then someone else is going to come along. And each time they move something, they've got to remap it. Well, that's what we we're talking about. Uh, Clay actually said that all they have to do is re-upload the planogram. Yeah. And it automatically maps. I just, uh, I can't see it happening. It actually sounded quite easy. Um, Sounds easy, but it's not going to happen. Uh, I tend to disagree. I, I think if if stores can get you in the door and find something quickly, especially if they can actually take the data that they're getting from... Because they'll get data back Is from... Is that in find... their best interest, though? Yes. To get you to find things quickly? Absolutely. Really? Yes. Someone's not like here, that? Because, no, just, just wait. <laughs> if they can work out that they're getting 30,000 people a day coming into the store to buy a can of tuna, then they can do what you want them to do and put that bloody tuna at the back of the store. <laughs> Bastards. That data is going to be valuable to them. So, yes, that sort of thing is going to be really valuable to them. Well, that opened it up to the next thing. And then they... How then... much... Does that mean every time you walk into a store, you're giving every step of your data... Exactly to the right. store you're the yeah. product it's a no. free service you're the product mm. so that's that's the VPS service I like it um, I, I think it's got a lot of potential but I think it does downfall, I can't see it happening that's all well the main downfall is that it's going to be like uh, internal Google map photos initially you had to get this that's trekker backpack into your store to take photos <laughs> inside it to do the 360s at the moment, you've got to find someone with a Tango phone to come in and 3D map your store to first off. Then you've got to get up the planograms. That's not going to happen for the, the average mum and pop store. It's just going to be, yeah, one of those things that's going to be a little bit of a barrier to entry. Now, we are an Android podcast, so we might want to talk about something like Android O. And we heard a lot about it, actually. Um, Is there anything new, really? Well, we got a bit more of a look into it. Um, we got, a, obviously, a developer preview back in, was it March or April? Yeah, yeah March. March. It's um, now gone into beta. Yep. Big news is you can now go to the Android beta website, register your device, and you get a lovely little OTA coming almost immediately to it. Um, and you'll get Android O. Uh, it was very quick. Yeah, and it's dev preview too. Um, so they've had a few things tweaked and fixed and... It runs a little bit smoother. Um, but yeah, they, they, they sort of wanted to concentrate on, at the keynote, they sort of concentrated on two sides of Android O, the, the fluid experience and also what they call vitals. Um, fluid experiences are things that allow you to use your phone or tablet a little bit better to, to make it a little bit more delightful. Because um, Google's always invested in what they call moments of delight. So, so things when you go, oh, wow, that's really cool. Mm. Uh, one of those things I, I thought was amazing was the picture-in-picture. Um, which lets you actually have like a video. You can then float around your screen in like a, a window. We've seen that in some apps um, that have done it. But Cricket does. Yeah. 
but it hasn't always been smooth. No, it sucks. Sometimes you don't want it to do it and it puts it automatically into a picture-in-picture. <laughs> it's, it's it's sort of accidental picture-in-picture. Picture. <laughs> yeah. But that's the sort of thing, like, if it's going to be a native feature, then that sort of thing, then Cricut may actually work. So you can sort of have the Cricut floating there. You can keep working on your phone, doing stuff, move yep. it around when you need to. It's sort of like a chat head for... for I do like that. Yeah. I think it's great. I Finally. think that's a cool feature. The other oh, one I really like... Will that come to Android TV? Yes, it is. God. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 been that was yeah, yeah definitely. Good. Um it, that's actually been picture in picture has actually been since Android N. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, I don't, I've got my Nexus player. It yeah. just doesn't seem to So it's I it, want that. It's mainly been due to the developers. Um so Android O, whether that makes it a little bit easier for them, we'll find out. Uh, the other thing is notification dots. Uh, so that's basically things for telling you when something's happening in an app. So if you're looking at your home screen and you've got, say, Instagram there, there'll be a little dot on it, um, which actually tells you there's a notification. So you can tap on that dot and up will pop a window that tells you what the notification is and you can respond to it from that just that window without actually opening the app, which is pretty cool. I mean... Mm. Do you use quick actions on, on, on Android at all, which is what happens when you hold a, no. an icon down? No. Okay. I'm not a huge... I'm not a huge... Look, I think that's a neat idea, but I don't think it deserved the position it got in the actual keynote. I think it, it, it does, because a lot of people do use it. Um, I, I keep forgetting to use it, but every time <laughs> I remember it's there, I actually do use it. And, mm. and like it's one of those things I accidentally rediscover every now and then, that like the Twitter one has, a, has quick actions, and, and I like it. So extending that to things like notifications and being able to respond to them, I think, is, a, is a quite a neat little feature. Um, so what else did we get? Uh, autofill. The autofill. Um, that was actually pretty cool. Um, once you sort of log into to like Chrome, you know, it's it's it, it's kind of like the way LastPass does it. Yeah, and it's going to overlay things. Um, so be interesting to see how it works compared yeah. to LastPass. Um, I love LastPass. It, it has a few hiccups, but uh, from what I'm yeah. hearing, That's it may actually make LastPass even better. Hmm, so we'll just have to wait and see on that one. The last thing um, they wanted to announce was the smart text selection, or I think people have been calling it um, system copy and touchless copy and paste. But it's basically using um, on-device machine learning, um, or sort of like a um, sort of like TensorFlow Lite. Yeah. Um, so when you're looking at an address, it knows what an address is meant. Yeah, to do. it knows it starts with a number, say of your or apartment number, and, it finishes, and with it finishes with a say a, a postcode. And it will all you have to do is sort of tap on it, and it selects that for you. So no more like tapping on one word and then dragging up to They've one. They've done end, so much work the on their machine learning with the yeah. neural networks and stuff. Just made it's, everything a lot faster. It's faster and just more convenient well they showed figures it was it, the, a simple task i think in translate had gone from 10 seconds down to point one milliseconds or something or other mm. so it's a massive difference it just makes it it's so much easier and the other the one thing i really liked um was the the context so it knows you've got an address and it knows that the next action you're probably going to be is launching Google Maps. And so instead of making you load Google Maps, it automatically in the copy-paste menu puts a link to Google Maps. Mm. So it automatically launches Google Maps to that address. 
I like it. That is a great feature. That that was that blew me away. That that's the sort of thing I can't wait to get my hands yeah. on. Um, unfortunately, I did leave my Nexus Six P at home, which I is my Android O <laughs> device. Uh, so I'll have to go home. The only reason I bought it was because I knew they were going to do a. a I intended to, to, but I had enough Android devices. That's true. Too busy carrying around that boat you call the Tango phone. I love Tango. Leave me alone. Um, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll get home on, I think it's Monday and, and I'll, I'll have a burl with that and, and yep. maybe have a look at picture in picture and see what else I can do on it. So the other thing was vitals. I mean, we've heard, uh, this before, but battery they're working saving. on battery life saving. Well, there's a lot of changes to the way they background apps work. Yeah. So if you've got a poorly coded app, you will no longer screw up your battery. Yeah, it's going to kill it. It's basically going to go, nah. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's good. So Facebook, you could be in a bit of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can only cross our fingers. And Messenger. Yeah. Oh my God. So there's, there's also a lot of security enhancements as well. Um, I think Google Play Protect um, was yep. the big one. They're sort of expanding what they do already with the on-device scanning. Um, so yeah, it's it's sort of a cool feature that they they sort of expanded on a little bit, and and I really can't wait to see what's going on with that. Um, they also in, in updated the, the the device manager to to actually be an app with Find My Device, um, mm. it's now called, um, and that lets you basically do anything, including locking your watch. You I didn't can see that yeah, bit. you can actually remotely wipe uh, lock your watch. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out why I'd want to do that. But Well, if you go to the pool and you maybe take your watch off and, uh, and go for a swim and suddenly you've lost it and your watch now, if it's Android Wear 2.0, has a fair bit of connection and runs independently, that's got a lot of information on it you probably don't want to find. So yeah. you can remotely lock it, wipe it, wipe it, do all that sort of stuff. So I thought that was actually pretty cool. Um, lastly, they're sort of increasing the stuff that they want to do um, with developer tools. So there's things like Play Console dashboards where, you, where developers can get, say, a crash report and, and sort of see exactly where in the code it actually crashed. Do you already know about this? No, it's sort of... They've had tools like this. I thought I remember writing something like this a while ago. Yeah, it's possible, Maybe a week or two. But it's, it's one of those... It's all blurred things, in the one. Yeah. Maybe it was two days ago. <laughs> But they're, they're, they're basically, the end, end result is that they're improving developer tools, um, yep. which can only be good. Um, that's one of the only things. And everything's going to be faster. They've optimized the JIT compiler. <laughs> and how did they do that, Scott? Well, in my Windows days, there was a thing called a defrag. <laughs> it's basically, it's just, I went and watched the whole JIT art thing today, and I took out of it. It's basically defragging. Mm. It's moving all the commands closer to where they're going to be needed and away from all the junk and just freeing up space. So that's good. I mean, and that they showed a graph and it looked just, well, it was a vertical graph, but it was similar to the whole, remember the defrag thing on Windows? With all the different colors. Yeah, and that's right. The it was the same thing. The same it had the colors <laughs> and it just sort of grouped them. It just was Well, that's going to make it faster and, and yep. that's probably a good thing. The other big one was uh, Kotlin is now an officially supported Woo! developer language. Um, I personally have never heard about Kotlin. <laughs> Me neither. I just said that because that's what everyone else did when they announced it. But it got a hell of a response. It and was huge. Judging like 
walking past some of the, the sessions that were talking about introduction to Kotlin. Which well, that one moved, today. It we got to, moved to the amphitheater. That's right. It was in a smaller stage, and that's where the notification And it filled it. I know, because we, we weren't going to go to it. And then we said, what the hell is this big line? And it was huge. Followed it up to the end, and it was it was all the people lining up for the, the Kotlin. If only they were lining up 200 metres, we walked 100 metres the other way, and there was no line at all. Yeah, well, we were <laughs> the other end, and uh, yeah, it got straight in. <laughs> but yeah, so Kotlin is, um, basically, it's a shortcut. It supports both Java, and, and which is what Android sort of supports. But it also makes it simplest to, to import things and, and, and create code, which is going to be better for developers. It's basically a programming language designed by people who use the programming language, not <laughs> a professor sitting in a university. It's made to work as you want it to work in the industry. So there's a lot of fluff not there anymore. It's just... So a thing I read today, see a guy said he showed it to some Java programmers. He could do in one line of code what he... What Java took 50 lines of code to do. Which is a lot simpler. So it's easier to use. It's easy to learn, apparently. Um, I mean, you've always been able to do it, but you needed to use a plug-in and all that sort of stuff, and it didn't but, quite fully support it. But the other difference is Java has a lot of baggage from when it used to be. <laughs> and so Android is mainly Very only about Java 6 or 7. <laughs> Right, we're up to Java 10, but Android aren't going to go that far. Yeah. And if you need to go to Java 9 or 10, you've got to decrease the amount of legacy devices you're supporting. So now, with the Kotlin fully supported, it fully supports the Java library. It is now what they call a first-class language. Yes. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see how much the uptake is, but for judging from the developers who attended those sessions... Kotlin is major. Um, yeah. So we're going to hear a lot more about it in, in the coming months. So, yeah. So that's that's the big sort of ones they, they invested in. Um, we sort of took some time with Dave Burke, who's the, the VP of engineering for Android, um, who basically just reconfirmed what seemed to be the consensus last week when they announced it, which was Project Treble is one of the big announcements um, under the hood for Android O. Um, now, what Project um, Treble is, is it basically modularizes Android to the point where it can skip, essentially, the, the silicon manufacturers who have been a big holdup when it comes to Android um, updates. That will then allow things like OEMs and carriers to get Android updates out faster to devices. I'd like to see how they implement it. We'll be implementing it like a Sony layer, like as in, so it's like a, a skin more than a full... So it, the skin, though, can access parts of the framework. So when the framework calls Android for something or other, Sony or Samsung can intercept that call with their own No, I think it's skin. more like Project Treble seems to be more that Google is building in their own hardware abstraction layer, um, which has been a bit of a pain point. So things like um, drivers and stuff have to uh, be rewritten when a new version of Android comes well, out. that's a pity. I was hoping for the other one. Yeah, we, we all... <laughs> that's right. You did talk about the You just want to skin the hell out of, of, of Android. No, I just want to make it how, look how it's meant to look. <laughs> like how Matthias uh, tells me it's yeah, but Mr. Duarte can, can continue wanting that, but uh, I think HTC and Samsung and... and HTC isn't too bad. Yeah, HTC's got really good, actually. I like it. Yeah, I don't mind sense at all. Um, well, actually, they've all gotten pretty good, like even Samsung. Think you know, about it, Think about even two years ago yeah, to where we right, are the now. Yeah, that's right. The S6 Edge was pretty bad. It's looking pretty good. Well... 
It, well, it's looking, needs, it's looking better. Someone just needs to tell LG, Oppo, and yeah. a little bit of Huawei. I think there's a lot of that can we, we can sort of work on there. But yeah. basically, Project Treble seems to be the big note. Um, it, there is a little bit of thing. Uh, if you're updating a phone to Android O, you won't be getting uh, Treble unless you're a Pixel. Um, but if you're getting a brand new phone running Android O, you will be getting Project Treble. So there's a little bit of crossover there. Um, Dave Burke did say that basically Android P, first mention of Android P officially from Google, we like that. Um, basically, they can just cut and paste onto Android P. So that's going to be pretty bloody yeah, good. That's, I'm already excited for Android P because they talked about... The Kotlin compiler coming as the next Android yeah, compiler. That was, you went to the like that was in the, the Q and A. Yeah, that's yeah. not official, so you won't see it in the video. Yeah, but someone asked them afterwards, and you should have seen the faces on the Googlers who were taking the session light up when he mentioned using the Kotlin compiler because his, his question basically said, um, "You've done a lot this year to optimize the JIT compiler. Mm. Have you thought about using the Kotlin compiler?" as it's a lot faster than JIT, and you should have seen, they said, yes, we are looking into it for the next version or something like that. I've got screen, I've got photos of the uh, tele, not the teleprompter, the, um, what's the... The text-to-speech. The text-to-speech, yeah. But yeah, so so Android P is already being looked at, and it sounds like they're going to be a lot faster. What's P going to be? Uh, pecan pie. Can we, 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 we are starting the Pavlova train right now. I like Pavlova. Uh, we, is, we, isn't Pavlova we, an Australian thing though? Well, is it New Zealand? Well, we'll, we'll get a bit of pushback That's right. New Zealand's just the state of Australia anyway. Ooh, <laughs> controversial. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's essentially going to be a lot faster. And hey, I mean, we know Android O seems to me to be a lot of refining. Um, part of that is also seems to be getting away from Java. Um, that seems to be a big message that we're well, getting. I mean, are you surprised by that? Not at all, especially uh, with the Oracle lawsuits going around. So Google Oracle probably... are trying to do a lot of things at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. You see the latest news, yeah. Yeah, so Google is definitely trying to move beyond Java, but they're, they're doing it in a smart way by giving developers tools that are going to get them easily translatable from Java. Mm. So there's less of a, a, a friction to... developers were very positive themselves about Kotlin, weren't they? Yeah. They seemed quite excited about it. They were very excited. It's it's always fun to watch Googlers get get excited about something, and Kotlin seemed to be something... It's basically just gave it away that they are moving to Kotlin. Hmm. They're going to move the whole of Android to Kotlin. But we're going to also see... Well, well, we can also talk about Fuchsia, which is their other secret OS, and maybe that's built with Kotlin. I mean, they use the Flutter um, to, to, to make apps and stuff like that. We'll we'll maybe sort of find it, but yeah, nothing about future. Uh, even Google won't talk about it. So <laughs> yeah, um, so that's pretty much what happened to Google I/O. Um, there there was one little thing that they're sort of doing for like um, emerging markets, which is called Android Go. It's it's sort of like Android One, but on the app side. Um, so instead of being um, like a hardware thing, they're actually just encouraging developers to create light apps. Google themselves are making light apps, so a light YouTube, a light Gmail, all that sort of stuff, and then they're going to promote anyone who yeah, does it. That's a good it. idea. So, yeah, I mean, if you haven't already, go and try the Facebook Lite and Messenger Lite or Microsoft release Skype Lite if you use uh, Microsoft products. Um, go and check them out. They're, they're actually a lot faster than, than using the fully bloated you app. use it on the G6 or um, something. got 32 gigabytes of storage. <laughs> 
Well, that's it. I mean, basically, an Android Go app is going to be um, smaller in size, so the APK is smaller to start with. It's also going to use less memory. Um, so if you have a device, Google specifically called out any device with, say, 512 uh, meg to 1 gigabyte of RAM, they're going to basically say that that device has to be an Android Go device. Um, they're not really doing any sort of branding around it, or at least they haven't decided if they are yet. Um, but it's basically going to have come instead of a full suite of Android app, it's going to come with the Android Go logo. So you could have a device that isn't an Android One device, but is an Android Go device. That's right. <laughs> could you have an Android One device that is not an Android Go device? Yes, I think there's been a couple coming with one and a half gig of RAM. So could you have one and a half gig of RAM and still make it an Android Go device? I'd like to see that. That would actually be really good because yeah. I've used Android One and, and I quite liked it. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 there's a market for everything. Not, don't just mm. talk about developing countries. My dad doesn't need all these bloody super apps and stuff. He yep. needs his NBA and his horse racing or something or other and that's about it, really. That's it. So, yeah, um, if he can get some light apps, I, I think that'd be cool. Mm. But, yeah, I think that's about enough. Um Google I.O. has closed for another year, and it was a hell of a show, so basically I, I had a blast. Um, so did I. Can I, we thank our hosts? Um, yeah. Uh, B and we Angie. B and Angie um, from Google took great care of us um, while we were here, got us a few interviews that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise, so yeah, we, we had a great time. And some answers. Um, and all the guys at Google Australia, Camilla and Gustav, you're champions, both of you. Um, so yeah, basically, if you're a member of Virgin Australia, I have real issues with you at the moment. Get in contact <laughs> with me. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, we'll be back in Australia on Monday, and we'll basically do that. I think we, I, I enjoyed this. Uh, I think we should try and do this podcast again. Um, obviously, we've got to try. Maybe we should do it time. in a month and revisit and see what's actually <laughs> happened with anything. Uh, how about six months? That seems to be the six Google's months. All right. <laughs> Seems to be a good rollout. Uh, we'll find out more information about Google Home launching in Australia. As I said, if you're in working in retail and you just happen to check your inventory and find them... Set a reminder to do it every... every Set a reminder every Monday, Monday morning. Get in there and check the inventory system and maybe do it every Friday as well. So, yeah. yeah. But if you see it, let's go and see it. But until then, uh, I think that's enough. So, thanks. See you, everyone. Bye.